This is Lon Winters with Graphic Elephants. This is Jimmy Lamp. This is Matt Masalo with the RhinestoneWorld.com. And you're listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. And you are listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by... My name is Terry Combs RG. Regular guy. And Aaron Montgomery. We're just regular guys having fun and uh, trying to, to make a living in this really cool and exciting industry. I think we all want to succeed 100% of the time to understand before I try and make myself understood. Bring a ton of great information. Coming to you live from somewhere dark, dirty, and dank. All right, welcome into the show. It is Friday, August 18th, 2023. I'm Terry Combs, and you can find me at terrycombs.com. And I'm Eric Campbell sitting in very obviously today for Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me at ericcampbell.com. But today we have something very special for all you folks who showed up, all of you wonderful regulators. We have Teresa Hagel, who's the editor for Counselor from ASI Media, and she's joining us again. She's been on recently, but we couldn't wait to get her back because we have information from their awesome State of the Industry report. Always, always love uh, love this yearly show. <laughs> it's there's always some some nugget of like, ah, oh, man, I had no idea, you know. <laughs> I think we all kind of have feelings about how things are going, but they really get into the data and get us set up with a, a true understanding what, what of what's facts? going on. Yeah, facts, you know, facts, facts make you important. You, know, you don't need no facts. <laughs> Sitting across as I am from a guy with a, uh, you know, armed with a degree in journalism, as we know, I'm sure you recommend that we uh, look for some facts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, folks. Also, make sure you stay to the very end of the show and get your helping of the secret sauce. We're back with tips. And today I'm the chef and I'm going to be spicing up the segment with some quick tips about tracking down thread breaks in your embroidery designs. All right. But before right. we do that, let's get into some news. Now, you might be surprised that this is not Matt from Kravix Pro, but Matt is currently out on location and couldn't be with us today. So I'm filling in with some news. I guess I get to talk a lot today. You guys will hear a bit more from me and a bit more apparently about Gildan. Uh, first thing is Gildan's emissions targets are validated by SBTI. Uh, Gildan Activewear has achieved a major milestone in its environmental strategy by getting its 2030 greenhouse gas emissions reductions targets validated by the SBTI or the Science-Based Targets Initiative. Uh, the company uh, aims to cut its Scope 1 and Scope 2 emissions by 30% and its Scope 3 emissions by 13.5% from their respective base years. Uh, this is all part of Gildan's next-generation ESG strategy, which focuses on environmental and social sustainability. The SBTI has confirmed that Gildan's targets are in line with a well below 2 degrees C trajectory. So good things to hear there from Gildan on the kind of the uh, ecological front. But it turns out they're actually doing pretty well also on the economic front. Uh, Gildan announces their second quarter results. Gildan Activewear Incorporated reported net sales of $840 million in the second quarter of 2023, which is above expectations but lower than the same period last year. The company attributed the decline to a challenging macro environment and a strong comparative period. Gildan also lowered its revenue expectations for the full year and expressed uncertainty about the near-term outlook. However, the company said it was gaining market share and expected revenue growth in the second half of the year, supported by its vertical integration, cost structure, pricing, product availability, and sustainability. The company's president and CEO, uh, Glenn J. Chamity, praised the company's top-line performance and its GSG strategy. So I'm not going to always be talking about Gildan, but we had a couple of stories back-to-back -back there. And as we often see on the news, 
there's usually a little bit of a plug. So I'm going to give you a sly plug with this last story. And that is uh, Impressions Magazine releases its 2023 embroidery supplement. Uh, Impressions has released its 2023 embroidery supplement to help decorators grow their embroidery businesses, whether they are just starting out or looking to take their company to the next level. Uh, specifics include everything from getting a handle on your company's digitizing services to understanding the ins and outs of backings and stabilizers, pricing, and five critical to-dos when launching a brand new embroidery business. I have it on good authority that you might recognize the authors featured, and here's my little bit of the plug. Uh, you can check that out at bit.ly slash embsup23. And we'll get those links in the show notes. We have some great articles there and some great information. And uh, that was the news. <laughs> I'm expecting a royalty check from Gildan on, on that. Desk. I know, right? <laughs> Where's the box of shirts and or discounts in the mail, I assume? <laughs> And, right. uh, and uh and nothing wrong with a shameless plug as as well so <laughs> hey, it's good information there's a lot of great authors in there besides myself i have to say and honestly i just was glad to see i love when they do supplements like this I like the state of the industry where we have been counselor i just like to see when we have these specialty kind of drill downs on great information and there's some good stuff in there too so we'll make sure yeah. we get share it to you guys uh, as we go on but we do have a couple of you folks uh jumping in saying hi i do want to recommend that you get in say hi interact with us as we're going on through but uh we're going to just say hi to chuck who said good morning good morning chuck glad to have you and and barb from minnesota custom made coming in and saying hi and making sure to make sure we're both included terry so it's not just me even though <laughs> i was on screen uh it's also for you sir <laughs> but yeah. yeah i did see that first post post and i thought hey wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> right all right. So with that, though, I think we have something that everybody's been waiting for that's uh, not me talking about Gildan or myself writing. So uh, why don't we go ahead and go with the dad joke, sir? Let's do it. You know, I'm thinking about starting an entire series called uh, dad jokes called One Time in a Bar. So... Uh... <laughs> I, well, I'll say this. If anyone is qualified for the one time in a bar stories, it might be us. Okay, well, here, here, here it goes then. All so right. one time in a bar, the bartender yelled, does anybody know CPR? Huh. Yeah. I said, I know the whole alphabet. <laughs> Every, everybody laughed except for this one guy. <laughs> okay. I actually like this one, guys. Usually I'm the one who's, who's face palming and shaking my head, but uh, I kind of like that one. The subtlety at the end does it for me. But <laughs> they can't. All right, sir. Before we dive in, we want to thank everybody for checking out the Two Regular Guy podcast. Uh, we need your voices. We would love to have the regulators participate in our show intros. Go to decorators.ink, I-N-K, forward slash intro. Just read a few sentences and you can even add a little spice at the end. And uh, we, we've gotten some, but we want to hear from a lot more regulators. And it doesn't matter if you're a decorator or a vendor or any type of participant in the industry. We'd love to have you be a part of the show. We are always looking for new guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to calendly.com forward slash two, the number two, regular guys, to book a future episode or email us at info at tworegularguys.com with your show ideas. If you are listening to the podcast version of the show, we would appreciate you sharing the Two Regular Guys podcast with all your industry friends so they can become regulators too. And we would appreciate you giving us a review on 
uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcast, YouTube Podcast, wherever you do your podcast listening. It'd be very helpful for us to go over there and give us a review. If you're watching us live right now, please join in with your comments and your questions. Absolutely. So without further ado, I think let's bring in Teresa because I think she knows more than we know about all of these subjects. I can't wait to see what she's put together. And exactly. honestly, it's this is such a great topic. I like to kind of get this data in. So let's bring in Teresa. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Hi, Teresa. Great to have you back. Seems like yeah, you were here, here very, very recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When was that? Was that like last month or the month before? I think, I think it was last out, month. Yeah. I can't remember, yeah. but after after 500 plus shows you know <laughs> they all blend together eventually exactly exactly <laughs> well suffice it to say uh, always a wonderful time to have you on and though you've been on the show several times new listeners uh why don't you just give everybody a little thumbnail sketch about uh, who you are and how you find yourself in the industry okay um i'm Teresa hegel i'm the executive editor of digital content for asi media and counselor magazine um, I've actually been with ASI for nine years now. It'll be, it'll be 10 in March, which oh, nice. <laughs> hard to believe. Um, but prior to that, I worked at several newspapers. Um, mm. I don't have a journalism degree. I have an English degree, but you know, kind of adjacent, but yeah, I was a reporter. I used to design, um, newspaper pages. I copy edited, I wrote headlines, I did all that stuff. Nice. So you're a real journalist without a journalism degree. I have a journalism degree and a garment decorator. So there it is. There, that's how life works, America, yep, in well. the world. <laughs> and to finish the trifecta, I have an English degree. So <laughs> English and well, studies, you, you never know, folks. <laughs> yeah, well, so, I'm not flipping burgers like some people thought I would be. So <laughs> Same. Um, a lot of our listeners are in the the promotional branded marketplace and uh but also you know regular garment decorators i think uh this survey really is translatable to to the entire industry so uh teresa tell us a little bit about the 2023 state of the industry survey and and how this is all put together yeah so i mean this is something we've been doing for for many years we put out, uh, like we actually survey the the people in the industry. They have a kind of detailed questionnaire that they have to fill out. And, um, you know, they're pretty candid and honest with us about like mm. what their challenges are, what's going well for them. Um, and then when we get, we have our, you know, market research data guy kind of compiles it all. And then, you know, myself and other people in the uh, editorial team, we kind of look at what, what the trends are, what is, Kind of what stands out to us and put together this issue based on on the, that information so obviously i think one of the things that uh, my editor cj mentions in in the magazine is that you know what 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 ends up in this issue there's like way more research like we we don't it's not like we you know throw everything onto the page we're kind of curating what is going to be the most significant trends what is most interesting to readers but mm -hmm. there's definitely more stuff that you know is behind the vault, you know? So, so it's like, it's a ton of, ton of information every year. And the, the other thing that's cool is that we can look back historically too. So, mm -hmm. you know, we have like the most recent results and then we can kind of compare them to how things were in years past as well. You know, I remember when I was an active decorator, I would eat this kind of thing up, you know, just planning to go forward to see, uh, to see where everybody else was yeah. and, 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 you know, what, what the, what the future might hold for us based on 
what's of happening course, this year. I just year. wanted to not, to, not to interrupt you, but um, we also published the top 40 suppliers and, and uh, distributors. Mm -hmm. of, so that's a good way to see kind of like what the competition, what like the, the big guys yeah. are, are doing, like what their, you know, revenue is at and just sort of, um, you know, figuring out like kind of where you stand compared to them. Right. Perfect. Well, yeah. So it, you have kind of this compilation of trends and responses, but you also have these kind of harder data that we're going for. So everybody can get a real idea of, you know, industry tra trajectory and just, like you said, where they fit. And I think a lot of people worry about that. I don't think they really know. Yeah. Uh, and it's good to have that. For sure. All right. Well, now, the one thing I have to say is looking over the report, there is a lot of information there. So anybody, if you're not a member yet, you know, it might be a good time. There's good reasons to be a member. And this kind of information is is one of the good reasons. But let's pick out some categories we can share with our listeners out of this large volume of information. Um, how about we start a little bit with the health of the industry? Uh, we don't like to speak about it as like pre-pandemic, post-pandemic all the time. We just want to say we're back. But yeah. we know that there have been some changes. Uh, where are we with the health industry? Yeah, so promo sales in 2022, um, they, they're back to 2019 numbers. So the industry is at $25.8 billion now. Um, although the one caveat is that when you adjust that number for inflation, we're actually mm -hmm. behind by like 10 to 12% compared to 2019. Still, I mean, putting that aside, it's pretty impressive that we're like being back to that number because one of the things we always said was like, if you remember like the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic that shall not be named, um, you know, the industry was actually like kind of like on this really big upward slope. It was doing yeah. very well. Um, so if it had continued in that trajectory, we would have been like, you know, who knows what what would have happened. But, sure. you know, now the numbers definitely show that we're we're kind of, you know, back back to, to where we were before with well, the uh, issues of, of inflation. I think we're uh, I think we're almost to the point where we don't even have to say we're back. That that'll be that'll be next year maybe. Yeah, we'll, yeah. well that that's, that's interesting too because uh, one of the things that CJ actually wrote in his I think in like maybe like his beginning letter was that this will be the last time that we're going to be talking about like pandemic stuff. He's like I'm putting mm. it to bed mm. and you know it's done now. <laughs> right. It's going to be you know regular regular trends, regular news. We're not going to have to you know, mention PPE or any of that stuff. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, Teresa, one of the things that caught my eye because I talk to new decorators all the time is uh, order values and pricing as a category. So so what have we learned on that subject? Sure. Um, so one thing like for distributors, and that includes decorators too, I think, uh, average gross profit margins reached 36% in 2022. Uh, which is the second year in a row that they increased, uh, which and it's the highest increase since 2019. But however, um, you know, many suppliers had to hike their prices uh, due to things like higher labor rates, the increased uh, cost of raw materials, which you know that could be cutting into margins for distributors going forward. So, you know, a lot. I think a lot of what we see in this um, state of the industry is that things are really looking good. Things are are back. But there are these like kind of warning signs that we have to, you know, keep an eye on. So for sure, there's that the, the inflation and, you know, with um, price increases that is affecting like what the, the order values are, the order sizes. I think some people have said like uh, end users might be buying the same, you know, the same dollar value, but, you know, they'd be purchasing fewer things. Um, yeah, right. So, you know, it's, it's good news, but there's a little bit of a 
you know, kind of have to temper it with like what the reality is. I think that's always the case. It's like, it's great to look at numbers and Hey, I'll say this being somebody who's been in e-commerce for years, you look at the graphs and you're tracking those things. You start to live and die by those bar graphs and by those spark lines and stuff. But we always have to stop and say, all right, what does this actually mean in context? And it's kind of great that we have that concept. We're sitting here going, all right, yeah, we have this. It looks good. We've got health. I think the one thing to take from that is uh, underlying health of the industry looks good even though even as in the news we talked about earlier there might be some hard macroeconomic stuff mm -hmm. going on we're still getting good value we're seeing increases in kind of value for the cost for decorators and i think that's something that's worthwhile to see even if we'd have to say all right you know throw a little cold water on it right. <laughs> make sure right. we don't think we're just right. hockey sticking into yeah. space um yeah. and another thing too is that um you know so many of the distributors we talked to said that their their clients under kind of understand that there's going to be the price increases they're not necessarily freaking out about uh you know being charged higher prices so there is some understanding going on you know i i think one one person said that the apparel prices were like way like 20 to 30 percent higher and that they did have a client who was like oh no we're not doing that and then ended up um going to like a screen printer in like a garage somewhere with this big order. So, so that, that distributor was like, well, you know, good luck to you. So I mean, like, there's always going to be the, those price shoppers who are like, well, I'll just, you know, take my chances. Not that there's anything wrong with, you know, oh, the no. garage screen printer, but you know, if no. it's like a huge order. You're, you're talking about all my students from uh, <laughs> my screen printing classes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say, honestly, is like, we all have that that price shopper, and I'm, I'm going to say this from from a decorator with a little bit of experience with this, guys. Um, if you've lost somebody who's a bargain shopper, just uh, consider yourselves lucky because they're always going to be bouncing from <laughs> from provider to provider. Exactly. Um, if you have that person, that's probably one of those uh, you know twenty percent of your clients that take eighty percent of your time and don't give back as much. That just is the case. Those bargain shoppers are always going to hop. There's there's right. not much right. for that. And, you know, I think, too, that I think people are more accepting of the of the higher prices because it's it's all around us. It's, yeah. you know, at the grocery store, at the gas station, at the hardware store, it's you see it all, all around. So it's it's no big surprise that in, in your own business, you're going to you're going to experience it as well. Right. Right. And I think that one of the things people just have to remember is just to communicate with your clients. Right. If you explain what's right. going on, like you're not just throwing a price increase without you know, saying why you're doing that. You know, I think people are more understanding if they understand that, you know, things cost more for you too. So, you know, you're trying to stay in business and you have to, you have to do it that way. I mean, you know, and then, yeah. sometimes you might like, one of the things actually at the, I think it was at ASI Chicago recently, mm -hmm. um, we had a panel with a bunch of industry leaders and they were talking about price increases. And they said, sometimes, you know, it's a good idea if you eat a little bit of that, that, you know, margin and then ask your client to do the same. So it looks like you guys are in it mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Always a good yeah. way to do it. And honestly, what better time to get on board with so many of the kind of decorators are out there and experts are out there and start pricing on value a little bit and make sure that you're putting your unique spin, your unique kind of uh, corporate culture and abilities into this process. Some of those intangibles are easier to help with that value proposition, I think. You know, uh, just a, one quick note before we go to commercial break. Uh, sure. You know, during that uh, that unfortunate period of a couple of years ago, the, <laughs> it was it was the kind of funny that <laughs> right yes yes the unpleasantness. unpleasantness. We um it, you know when when some price increases were starting to happen because of the supply chain that sort of thing, 
the you know I would get emails from manufacturers almost apologizing. <laughs> we haven't had a price increase in five years, and and uh, you know, so I think I think it's just uh, has become accepted, and let's move forward and produce some product. <laughs> Isn't that always the way? All right, so. Let's have a brief word for from uh, our success group, then we'll get back into the content. Hi, I'm Lewis Montgomery. I want to tell you all about my dad's new book, The Fundamentals of Business Success. He wrote it to have small business owners like you fall in love with your business. Hey, thank you, Lewis. Yes, that's right. I was just tired of watching these small businesses be overwhelmed, just struggling, and ultimately underpaid because they just didn't have a strong foundation to build off of. They were trying to create their business the way somebody else created their business, and they were never going to catch up. It's not just about making money. It's about having fun and building something you're truly passionate about. My dad's new book breaks down everything into a 13-step cycle with plenty of practical applications so you can start taking action right away. Grab your copy at OurSuccessGroup.com forward slash FBS book. Whether you're just starting out or looking to spice things up in your current business, this book will become your guide. Don't miss out on your chance to get this book at the introductory price, only available at OurSuccessGroup.com forward slash FBS book. <laughs> I love right. that spot. That's so nice. Good job, Lewis. And oh, you too, right? Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You know, we all know who's the talent, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we were talking a little bit about pricing and kind of how we get value, stuff like that. But I think one of the things we should think about is where we're headed from here. And I want to talk about trends. So we know that this is a survey that's not just we have a lot of apparel decorators, but there's also all the other promotional products that are out there. Um, what does the survey tell us that people are buying now? So this guy shouldn't be a surprise to you guys, but the number one uh, product is T-shirts. They're still Ooh. number one. Um, <laughs> you know what? Let's it's um yeah so they're at 17.1 percent mm. um as a percentage of overall promo product sales and then number uh drinkware is is hot that's where is drinkware oh number two yeah 9.9 percent so i mean like these are like things that are probably obvious right because everybody sure. needs t-shirts and you know uh reusable drinkware is, is everywhere so yeah uh, PP, PPE sales are way down. Not a surprise. Um, and then the other thing, this is, I think it's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, flags and banner sales are up. Um, yeah. And that is, so they're at 3.6%, which isn't like, mm. you know, huge. But when you compare that to 2020, they were at 1.6%. Wow. So that's a big, big jump. And the, the reason that we think that is, is because of the return of events and trade shows, you know, everyone needs their banners, yeah. their flags. They need to be, you know, showing people we're back to business. We're open. We're, we're doing, you know, the thing. So. I was just going to say drinkware is hot. Flags are up. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and honestly, I think, I think you're totally right. I mean, it's, it's the stuff where it's really awesome to see the numbers behind it. Cause we have this kind of evident feeling that it's going on. We see mm -hmm. that events are back out. We're seeing more public events happening all the time. We're seeing people doing more promotional stuff that is in person. So the flags and banners make sense. Yeah. But to see that kind of recorded through, you know, reports across the board, it's kind of cool. Oh, one thing that's kind of interesting about drinkware. Mm. So the percentage that drinkware's market share has increased since 2008, 94%. Mm. So wow. it's really, you know, like the reusable water bottles, all of that, like that's become so huge. 
That's really interesting. You know, and, and when you talk about, you know, flags and banners and, and return of events, I, I don't really know very many people who went back and dusted off their old trade show booth and things like that. Everything was new. You know, when you yeah. go to the shows now, it's all new stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I don't even know if at Equipment Zone, we still even have any of the old stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody wanted a fresh start, I think. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly it's been right. A long enough time that, you know, the old stuff, it's, you know, dusty, it's old. It's like, we want, we want something new. We want to like start fresh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So. Well, um, and certainly the, drinkware, I mean, anecdotally, everybody knows those people who are constantly, and hey, if, if it's any one of you folks, I'm not saying anything against you, who are walking around with the big water bottle at all times, it's logoed. I mean, also I can't help every time I come to the show, what do I come in with? You know, logo trickwear <laughs> from the show. Uh, that's and thanks to Aaron Montgomery for getting us set up with that. It's just we one get of those the things. random package from Aaron. <laughs> yeah, there's always like cylindrical but, Patrick package from Aaron and more drinkware. Yes, indeed. But but coffee mugs. Um, yeah, it's we're in the one in one out here at this house. <laughs> Apparently, I have too many decorated <laughs> coffee mugs. So if if I buy another one when you know we're in, in Huntington Beach or something, I have to dispose of a previous one. <laughs> Well, we have a couple people chiming in from the regulators. Before we move on, I wanted to grab a couple of folks. Uh, certainly, first thing is, um, Teresa, by the way, feel free to interrupt Terry. Aaron is here listening <laughs> temporarily while he is out and said, please feel free to interrupt him. It's worthwhile. Uh, sometimes we have to. And then we also have a couple of people showing in, but actual commentary. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> Ramona says, I like the thought of communicating the increase as a joint effort. I mean, yeah, anything yeah. to build that sense of community. And I think that Teresa had a great point about that. That's just uh, any anytime we can communicate better and then honestly make it feel like we are partners in the game, which we should be, is the best way to go. So love that. And of course, Aaron, once again, we're back. <laughs> yeah, everybody's happy not to be kind of back in those doldrums that we had previously. That was some rough times, but it's good to see that the trends are up. Yeah, exactly. So, so we talked about uh, what people are buying, but Teresa, who are the buyers? Yes. So the number one market for promo is education. And Ooh. what is interesting is too, that eight, eight out of the nine last years, it's been the number one market. Mm -hmm. So can you guess what year was not education <laughs> and what was instead the top one? Oh yeah, I think we can. <laughs> Let's see which which year did it start? Uh, yeah, right. 2020. Right. 2020 healthcare was the the top yeah. uh, market, uh, which, you know, for <laughs> obvious reasons. Now, uh, healthcare is at like ten point four percent. Education is thirteen point one percent. Okay. Um, and healthcare is at ten point four percent. Um, so it's still pretty robust, but it's definitely dropping compared to twenty twenty. Um. One thing that I think is kind of interesting is uh, the retail market mm. is so it's it's a small part of like the overall markets. Uh, it's like five point nine percent. However, mm -hmm. it's one of the top three markets for very large distributors. So mm. distributors that are making more than like five million dollars a year, yeah. um, retail is like ten percent of of their of what they're doing. So it's interesting. So it's. For overall, it's kind of small, but for those those big guys who kind of probably know, like are slicker and know what they're doing and how to kind of attract that market, retail is pretty big for them. Right. 
Yeah, kind of unsurprising. I mean, if you've been in a shop that's done retail stuff, and I I certainly have sold into the department stores and stuff. Back in the days where department stores and malls weren't all dying, (laughs) make myself feel a little old here. Um, It can be very lucrative, though, though kind of a difficult range to be in. You have to have your production pretty, pretty well the way it should be and your shipping for compliance and everything. It's got to be, you know, ducks in a row for sure. But it's a big market when you get it. So, so were uh, Eric, were you a mall kid? Were you you hanging out at the mall? Not really. No, I was kind of a punk kid. I know I look like this now, punk but I, I I had a black mohawk and the denim vest and everything you can imagine. That that was me. So, so okay. we need pictures of I was that. Say, we need some pictures of that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was young enough not to have the internet be there when I looked like that, and I refuse. <laughs> Let's put it this way: uh, now nature has decided my mohawk is inverted. So thank you, nature. But at the same time, uh, yeah, I I. Uh, I was slightly wilder in my earlier days, folks. Well, I'm <laughs> learning all kinds of new things today from Teresa, from Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, though, I will say I did get to live the dream of a lot of mall kids, and we sold a bunch of stuff into Hot Topics. So that was a, got to be a provider for Hot Topics. It's a very different thing. <laughs> all right. So going on from that, I mean, lovely to hear the markets. It's really cool education. And I'll be honest, when we first saw that, for a moment, I almost was incredulous, even though I know it was there, I expected the healthcare to kind of continue on because yeah. there's still so much going on in that space. And I've honestly, I've done a bunch of companies work for healthcare myself, but it's really interesting to see those markets kind of shifting back once again to what we remember them to be. Um, but let's talk about suppliers for a minute. Um, we all remember the pictures of like cargo ships lined up waiting to unload where we didn't have the ability to get stuff in, where we're constantly having sourcing issues. Uh, Can you share a little bit about what you guys found about the supply chain? Uh, Yes. So supply chain issues related to the pandemic are are largely over. But, you know, it's one of those, again, like kind of like all this good news that I've been bringing you. You also have to take take a word of caution and, um, you know, have have fail safes and backups in case there's like new inventory shortages or other snags that happen. I think one of the things like the, the pandemic sort of showed us was, how fragile the supply chain can be if you're not, if you're not careful about it. Right. So, you know, the lesson you should have been learning is like, you know, have, have more options, I guess, you know, like have a backup plan in case like this t-shirt you want is not available, you know, nowhere else you can go to get something similar. And Mm. I think, you know, like the, the businesses that survived, you know, over the last few years, that is something that they know how to do more than ever. Right. I'm sure. Because how would you survive if you didn't figure that out? Yeah. But um, let me see. Uh, one uh, here's a stat: seventy-six percent of suppliers believe that supply chain issues will have improved significantly by the end of this mm-hmm. year. So they, you know, people are are confident that you know <clears throat> the big issues we saw before they're gone, and it's just going to continue to you know get better. Um, you know, also the people people who are extremely concerned about supply chain disruptions you know, that percentage has gone way down compared from this year compared to 2022. Like um, in 2022, distributors, like 72% of distributors were extremely concerned about disruptions to the supply chain. Uh, This year in 2023, only 40% are extremely Mm. concerned. So it's definitely, you know, something that people are still, you know, you still have to think about. It's still a thing. Um, And, you know, I, I think another thing we see is like suppliers are looking to kind of diversify where they're getting stuff to, yeah. you know, not just going to China. And I mean, that's especially true with with T-shirts and cotton, right? Because 
you know, you don't know the whole, um, you know, forced labor issue. You got to figure out yeah. where that's coming from. So I think you see a lot of like, I, I think was it next level. They kind of move, you know, they're doing a lot more. They're like tracking like where the, the cotton is from with that orotane, I think it's called, mm-hmm. um, you know, so basically people are there. There's still some issues. It's getting better. But you have to be nimble. You still have to stay nimble and you have to know like where to go to, to get what you want. Well, and being that, I mean, you know, anecdotally, and I don't know this, being that it's being reported as a feeling from, you know, decorators and distributors, I think it might also kind of show that, you know, people have figured this out for themselves. Like they, right. it's not just because we're talking about them reporting how concerned they are. It may also be, hey, I'm not concerned because I've kind of figured out where my other options are. Yeah. And they're kind yeah. of working on that portfolio yeah. suppliers. Yeah. Well, uh, one other thing that's not really a feeling thing, which yeah. is helpful. So the percentage of on-time orders from suppliers is also getting a little bit better. It's 84% in, in 2022 as opposed to 83% in 2021, which still is not great compared to 2017 mm-hmm. when it was 93%. But, yeah. you know, if we're getting a little bit better, that's that's a good thing. I think actually, well, you Eric know, one of the things something. that came out of. Hmm. Feel free to go, sir. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say one of the things that from. came out of this, <laughs> this whole situation was, uh, I'm just going to keep talking, <laughs> was instead of saying, um, you know, this brand or this brand or this brand, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of decorators said this style of garment. And and yeah. so it, it might be a next level or it might be, you know, another brand. Uh, so and, and I think that's probably still carried forward that that people are like a little more comfortable because then you do have some more sourcing opportunities but gosh you know I I, I was one of those people you know being here in Arizona we're just five hours from from the coast and I remember a couple of years ago going out to Huntington Beach and and the 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 uh ships were lined up as far as the eye could see waiting to either unload or just sitting there because they couldn't go anywhere to load up load up anything and you know something else that that i've noticed recently is is some manufacturers of like equipment things like that all of a sudden you see you don't see that it's been manufactured in china all of a sudden it's being manufactured in indonesia or other places like that so i think that uh, i think uh, that that companies manufacturers or or suppliers are are hedging their bets for the future we're not going to get caught again you know so yeah uh, i I think it's interesting speaking of like international and and things that are made in the usa so um according to our our research 88 percent of where suppliers import products from is still china um 21 percent in comes from vietnam or 12 no, that's okay. So yeah, they 88% from China. There's 21% getting stuff from Vietnam, India, Bangladesh, Mexico, Indonesia, Pakistan, Thailand. There's a whole kind of range, but you're right. Like I think people are trying to find other sources. Um, right. Although we have also noticed that demand for made in the USA products is lower than it was in the past. Mm. Um, I think that's because people just figure there isn't any. Everyone's like, let's get you know made in the USA, and then there's all the stories like, oh well, this is why you know we're not doing that anymore. This is why you can't get that. I think there's still those niche places that do offer it, but to get the bulk of materials, it's very difficult. 
Oh, and, and dealing with the cost issues too. And by the way, sorry for the delay in the mics that has me stepping on everybody. We were sometimes we're stepping at each other. There's a little bit of audio delay. Um, and I think that uh, Aaron actually said something useful here in comments. He's jumping in. Apparently, he's still able to comment, my friend. Uh, I think the challenge of supply chain is some suppliers uh, were able to take some liberties due to COVID and might just stick with it. I know there's definitely decorators that feel like that, that uh, some of those liberties were there. But I do agree that what, what I have been seeing, at least people talking about, is that there's opportunities uh, to be disruptors and challenge the way things are done. Um, I don't think it's a massive percentage of people doing that, but they're there. I think maybe some of the pressure, and at least once, once again, anecdotally talking to decorators, it seems like there's also just that price pressure because of the increases, because of the costs that are there in blanks and what have you, that yes, we want to do more kind of like local sourcing and stuff like that. And some companies are pioneering that. But if we're trying to get people on board and trying to get price points that look like they used to, sometimes it's like, yeah, the going to, you know, kind of idiosyncratic individual sourcing or locally sourced stuff can be a really hard sell. So, uh, Teresa, probably the most common term you hear today, uh, in, you know, is in relationship to businesses that most of us rarely heard just a few years ago, sustainability. Talk to us about what you found about sustainability. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, you know, this is like a near and dear to my heart topic because I run our promo for the planet, you know, mm -hmm. site, which... Right. That's about a year old now. Um, and we started because, you know, sustainability is something you're hearing everywhere, but there's still a lot of confusion over it. And and not everybody, I mean, it's a huge topic, right? Like, so how do you define that? Um, you know, how do you ensure you're doing, you know, what you need to be doing? But it's one of those things that's not really a trend anymore, right? It's here to stay. So, you know, one of the things we found is that 58% of distributors prefer to purchase products that are environmentally friendly and 53% prefer products that are socially responsible. So it's not a huge majority yet, but it is, um, it is the majority. Um, and I mean, just, you know, as I've been covering the sustainability issue in the industry over the last year, I've definitely noticed more and more suppliers are... Uh, posting their, you know, ESG reports or their CSR reports or sustainability reports. Um, you know, like like you mentioned in the news, like with Gildan yeah. and its uh, uh, science-based targets initiative, I see, you know, more companies, um, you know, lot going on with that. There's more, you know, more companies becoming B Corps, more companies, mm. um, you know, uh, touting their EcoVadis uh, rating. So there's it's definitely something people are asking for, I think, from the end user side. So mm -hmm. suppliers and distributors either, you know, whether they wanted to or not, they have to figure it out. They have to figure out how to, you know, make themselves more sustainable or find, you know, source products that that have that sustainability story. Um, and even like I was at ASI Chicago, you know, last month and just the show floor was filled with with sustainable, you know, stories, products. Um, it's not, you know, like some, some of that stuff might've been there before, but it wasn't like, it was front and center. It was like, everybody had yeah. something, something to share. Well, hey, Teresa, talk to us a little bit about your, your other project. Tell, uh, tell our listeners uh, that, that didn't maybe hear that show uh, a little more about what you're doing. Okay, sure. So it's called Promo for the Planet. Um, and it's just, it's a regular page right on our, our news website. And I think the, the main page I think is not, under the subscription wall. So I think that you can go to asicentral.com. What is it? It's is a slash promo for the planet. Yeah, slash promo for the planet. Easy peasy. I think yeah. that that is actually open to 
um, anybody, but essentially what, what it is, is it's meant to be a resource for people in the industry. I have um, a bunch of definitions of common like uh, terms related to sustainability, whether it's like the circular economy or, um, you know, like bamboo and like any kinds of things like you're like, oh, what does this actually mean? We have we have definitions for that. We have, um, you know, a listing of all the different kinds of certifications that are out there. Uh, one thing that we just started recently um, is the do-gooders directory, which is a list of uh, suppliers and distributors and kind of what their give back programs are, what kind of certifications they have. Um, just, just a little, just like showing you like what, 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 what they're up to, like where, where their, you know, values are basically. Um, and then, and that's something that I'm, I'm always updating. So if, you know, if you're in the industry, if you're an ASI member and um, you don't see yourself on that list, like, don't get mad. I mean, you can get mad if you want, but get mad and then email me after you're not so mad and I'll, I'll get you back. <laughs> um, definitely like, people have, have reached out to me like, oh, I'm not on there. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like I update it like, you know, weekly or bi-weekly as I get new information. Um, but also, so, so there's the research page, but I am also always writing stories and as you saw at the top of it, there's like three new stories almost weekly, sometimes more like in April, of course, it's like every day there's, there's some kind of, you know, green news to share. Um, but it's, you know, like I try to have a mix of sort of how to stuff, like explainers of kind of what the trends are, mm -hmm. but also just news uh, of what people in the industry are doing. Like uh, there was a story I did recently about Gary line, um, which is like a big plastic uh, supplier and eco promotional products, uh, which is a smaller distributor, but is very eco focused. And they kind of work together to come up with, um, you know, ways for Garyland to reduce packaging because they have like some some of their you know, like they've been like recycling some of their plastics forever because they are they're they are made in the USA and yeah, yeah. Um, you know like the way to stay nimble is to to take like those the stuff you're making and, and use your scraps for other products. Like you don't throw anything away because you're trying to, you know, compete with, you know, overseas manufacturers, but they didn't always share that. Like, I, I think they like, it was just something they did and weren't always sharing that story. So, um, you know, I just, I, it's interesting. It's interesting how, you know, some of the stuff has been done in the past, but wasn't really called out for like, Hey, that's a really good practice that you're doing. That's something that we should be talking about. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Thing, like if you guys had like anybody who has like something cool they're doing related to sustainability uh, or a question they have that they don't understand, like I would love for you to email me or reach out to me on social media because I'm always looking for for new content and new things to to share with people. Well, oh, so we won a big award for for the page, oh. so the, the ASCII awards. Um, so yeah. It's all good. That's awesome. Now, I have to say, I, I'm probably going to go back and look at the glossary. I was reading that Gildan <laughs> article this morning, and we're like, okay, all of the different sources and schedules for the stuff. And I'm like, I'm reading this, but I'm not sure which one of these is what kind of emissions or which yeah, one of these right, is what kind right. of Right, right. It's like the scope one, scope two. Yeah, the scope, scope one three, and scope three. Yeah. I had to go back and read that myself. So, hey, folks, if you want to find more about that, then very obviously check out uh, the promo for the planet uh, page. And I went and put that up one more time here. That's at asacentral.com slash promo for the planet. So awesome resource for those who are interested. And you should be interested, honestly, with because on what the people are asking for, which includes, you know, eco-friendly, 
uh, and socially responsible stuff, you know, that's something we're just going to have to figure out, like you said. Uh, so I know that you report in the industry rather than being a garment decorator. Usually we're talking about garment decoration tips, but I know you've got some tips. We ask all of our guests before they leave. Um, do you have one piece of advice, one piece of uh, information that you would like industry listeners to have before you go? Well, I mean, I guess I'll just be self-serving and say <laughs> you should sign up for like the, for the Promogram newsletter, which comes out mm. three times a week. And it has all of our latest, you know, news and stories in it. Um, I really, I, I do really think that it's important. If you, if you don't get the news from us, get it from one of the other, you know, many great sources, but it's worth knowing what's going on, right? Like, yeah. especially there's so many good, like industry specific news sources out there. You know, like you need to know, like, what is Gildan doing? What is, you know, like if, if there's some kind of news, like maybe like, if there's some kind of, I don't know, like natural disaster that affects, you know, their out, the output of, of a, a t-shirt supplier, and you don't know about it, if you've not been paying attention, like you're going to be caught, um, caught off guard. Right. So right. I'm not saying you have to spend all your time, you know, reading it, but a quick check in the morning, like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, read your, I think it comes out at 10 or 11 in the morning on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. And you'll just see what the, what the latest headlines are. I think it's, it's definitely worth knowing what's happening. And even if you can't, immediately apply it to your own business. I, I think that if you take a, a second just to know these things, it will, it'll spark ideas for you. I mean, we do like case studies too, of like what, you know, other people are, are doing and that might give you some ideas for how to do things for your clients. I mean, we always have product showcases of what the newest and coolest, um, you know, promo products are. So it could give you, you know, product ideas. It could give you business ideas. It could just keep you in the know of what, what's happening and, and how you can respond to it. Well, there's lots of ways to to grow and improve your business and you yourself personally and have a cup of coffee and read a newsletter. I think that sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> so, Teresa, uh, you, you referred to, you know, reach out to me uh, about uh, sustainability and things like that. How can people go about doing that? How can our listeners find you? Uh, well, if you want to email me, it's T Hegel, T H E G E L at ASI Central.com. I am on X. Is it X? Yeah, nobody knows know. what to say anymore. Um, but I think hey, it's, I, really knows but it's, I am still there. I don't use it as much anymore, but I am there and, and somewhat active at, at Teresa Hegel, I believe. I'm on Instagram. I have two accounts, but I have an ASI one. So that that's the one that would be more <laughs> useful. Like you don't need to see like the pictures of my kid and all the dumb things I post <laughs> on my regular Instagram. Um, and then where else am I? I'm on LinkedIn has, has become a, a bigger thing. Yeah. I can just search my name on LinkedIn. Um, I think I have a threads account that I haven't used much yet. <laughs> I'm on TikTok too, somewhere. So I'm all over the place, but I don't, I don't always, uh, check everything as much as I, I should. I usually use TikTok when I'm at like one of the shows or, or somewhere because yeah. it's an easy way to do like fun little interviews and like, you know, show what's going on. But, but yeah, I'm on I'm on all the social medias and it's usually somewhat under my name. So it's not too hard to find me. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on and thank you for sharing all this wonderful information. Uh, it's been fantastic. So thank you very yeah, much. And this you. is, oh, by the way, oh, that's yes. the actual print copy. There we um, go. Yeah, so counselor. Yeah. Counselor awesome. Magazine. Yeah. Check out again, and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon and back yeah. here on the show. Yeah, absolutely.
Awesome. Right. Oh, it's excellent. Right. Interesting stuff. Yeah, for real. I mean, we had I, just tons of great information. Uh, like she said, go check out Counselor Magazine. Check out ASICentral.com as well. And you'll be able to see more of that fantastic information as well as like I flashed that on the screen and sent that in the links as well. We've got uh, the newsletters. You want to check that out. It's ASICentral.com slash news slash newsletter. So tons of great information out there. And uh, good point. Keep educated. Keep abreast of the stuff that's currently going on. Exactly right. So uh, I'm, I'm going to start talking about upcoming events and, and then I'll read Aaron's as well, since you're going to be doing the sauce. I'll give you a, just a little break here. So uh, next Thursday, August 24th, uh, I'll be doing an equipment zone webinar with it's going to be myself, Jay Bissell, Dane Clement from Great Dane Graphics and Kelly Walters from Hotronics. And it's called From Artwork to Application, Unlocking the Magic of DTF transfers. And you can sign up for that free at equipmentzone.com. I think it's going to run about 90 minutes. And mm -hmm. as you might imagine, since we're going from artwork to application, a big chunk of that's going to be uh, Dane talking about how to prepare your artwork for DTF. And nice. there are some tips and tricks that Dane knows that, uh, that you're going to want to know about. So my complete screen printing business course, I'm going to be at Workhorse Products in Phoenix, September 23rd and 24th. Uh, Workhorse is giving away two free passes uh, to that class if you're attending Fort Worth Impressions Expo. So stop by mm. and put your name on a slip of paper and drop it in the in the uh, box, and you might get two free tickets to that, that class in September. I'm going to be back in Chicago with Atlas Screen Supply on November 4th and 5th. Fingers crossed it's not snowing in Chicago in November. And um, as uh, as we mention every week, uh, all of us, uh, myself included, I'm going to be speaking at the Fort Worth show. I'm going to be doing a seminar called Everything You Hear About DTG and DTF Printing on the Internet is Wrong. And I'm also going to be hosting a panel discussion as well. And that show is September 14th through 16th. Watch for all of my upcoming events at terrycombs.com. Um, for Aaron, Aaron says he's excited to be hosting a webinar brought to you by uh, his friends over at CorelTrainer.com, our friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's called Strategic Planning and Time Management. It's going to be August 22nd at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And Aaron will be sharing his key strategies for managing your time effectively working on rather than in your business all the time and developing a plan. Go to oursuccessgroup.com forward slash growth to register. Uh, Aaron's going to be also at Impressions Expo Fort Worth. He's going to be doing a workshop the day before the show opens up called Design, Print, Market, and the, uh, the Magic Touch. Wait, hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> ABC's Design Print Market, and it's going to be with Magic Touch, Curl yeah. Trainer, and Creo, and it's a full-day workshop on September 13th, and you can find that at osg.link uh, forward slash ABCS, ABCs. Yep. The extremely popular Five Keys of Marketing workshop is happening September 18th through 22nd. Uh, he says they are going to help you build a 12-week roadmap and marketing plan that is catering to your business, not some marketing claim that only works for our business. This is about executing a marketing uh, process so you can have the best fourth quarter yet and the guidance you need to build the plan. There's a full workbook and plenty of support. OSG members get this as part of their membership, but you can join in 
for only $79. Go to oursuccessgroup.com forward slash five, the number five, <laughs> keys, <laughs> keys Marketing. And uh, as you heard from Lewis earlier, the Fundamentals of Business Success book is available. Check nice. it out at oursuccessgroup.com forward slash forward slash FBS book. Yes. <laughs> You're up, Eric. I don't think there's All no right. word to say. <laughs> I'll say this, by the way, folks, hold on, because secret sauce is still coming. I am going to still share the secret sauce. But real quickly, let's tell you what's going on with uh, me today. And that is the take up. Take up is episode 165. We're doing Q&A. So I'm doing some catch up here with folks asking questions about earlier episodes. So Q&A plus, depending on how many questions you folks have live, uh, enveloping text tips, Trapunto designs and tough textures, catching up with recent questions and opening up the floor. If you got questions, join live at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time this Friday. And uh, I will be answering cues, covering some issues from earlier episodes, including tips about enveloping text and font choice, how to get lift in Trapunto or embossed designs, and how I deal with some difficult textured materials. You can head over to ericcampbell.com and click the Take Up tab at the top to get the links and the playlists you want to get in with the rest of my reciprocators but yeah that's going on and as terry said we're all going to be at impressions expo fort worth and i'm presenting the uh presenting authorities value proposition i hate i say presenting twice right there i need to really sharpen that up but this the session is called presenting embroideries value proposition where i talk about um, how we show the unique value of embroidery stop apologizing for things it can't do and start selling it on the things it does best and i'm just going to kind of let you guys know on the back end you guys know that i help and consult with stuff going on at the impressions expo and uh, there is exciting stuff coming in January. So if you're somebody who's thinking about going to Long Beach, start planning now. I see they are making moves and getting new speakers in. And even at Fort Worth, lots of new speakers, lots of new sessions, lots of good material. So awesome. get out there and check that stuff out. And I've, like I said, got to hear a little bit about what's coming up and should be some exciting movements happening as we go. So keep your uh, keep your ear to the ground, folks. We're, we're coming with some new stuff. I'd hate to talk about it next year already. Feel a little palpitation when I say it, but uh, good stuff's coming up in the uh, kind of gathering again to come in the next year. And I think I've finally gotten through to you, Eric, that I noticed you said mountain daylight time. Mountain I did. Daylight time? I did. I tried. <laughs> I tried. I know All you right. Arizonans just have to absolutely make sure that we know <laughs> that we're still going to the into the works there. So, yep. uh, Eric, you ready to uh, to stir up some secret sauce? Absolutely. Let's go for it. All right, folks. So let's get into the secret sauce. This uh, spicy number is about tackling uh, thread breaks. So how do we track down thread breaks in our embroidery designs? Uh, nothing can be more frustrating than limping through a design with chronic thread breaks and fraying. Luckily, there are a few things we can do to keep in mind. Uh, what's going on and help us track down the cause and actually address the issue with the break in question. Uh, first, we need to isolate what the problem is coming from the file. So the digitized file or something happening in the machine. It can be tempting to blame your digitizer, even though I am one, I know that that's tempting. But the truth is, unless your thread break is reliably happening in the same place in a design, the same area of the design on repeated runs, or in places where the design has excessive density, like too many stitches packed together or overly small stitches, there's likely to be a problem somewhere at the machine or with the materials instead of in the file, but do check for those things like overly small stitches and overly dense areas. And if it's always happening on a certain structure in the garment, sometimes it can be things like really thick seams on caps or on uh, bags or things that might have other sorts of seams or equipment in the way. 
However, if thread breaks are happening throughout a design at random, different areas on a retest, it's time to track down some likely culprits that are on that machine and execution side, and we can isolate the issue with a few simple steps. First, start by just switching to another needle on your head, uh, regardless of the color, especially if we've already got a ruin stitch out, and start running that same area of the design. Uh, if there are no breaks and the upper thread path for the original needle is clean and free of debris, damage, and scratches, then you might just have a worn or damaged needle. Uh, if you're in doubt, replace the needle. Many of us don't replace the needles frequently enough, definitely not in the recommended run times from the manufacturers, and it's something that's worth checking out. Certainly, you also should check the cone of thread on the initial needle that was causing the breaks as well. Improperly stored or aged thread can become brittle, especially those of us who are desert dwellers. If your stuff's been out in the sun and in the dry, you may find that it's quite brittle. If you can grab your thread and stretch it a little bit and it breaks very easily uh, between your fingers, the chances are you have to swap out to a new cone thread or, or get a new thread that has not been stored improperly or damaged. So watch for it being excessively brittle or friable as well. Now, if you swap to a new needle and the thread breaks persist, uh, then you want to start checking stuff in the bottom thread path. Check over the area of the needle plate, the bobbin case, and the rotary hook. If you've recently broken a needle, you may have left a scratch somewhere on the plate or had a piece of the needle get down inside under the plate and scratch the hook. So clean the hook, make sure it's lubricated, the things that you should be doing anyway, but check for scratches. Uh, some scratches may not be immediately visible, but can be felt or they might catch if you run your fingernail across the hook in an area that you're concerned about. If you have scratches in the thread path through the needle plate of the hook, They'll need to be polished out with an emery cloth or emery cord if that's what's catching and causing these breaks. Also, it's always a good time to check out that bobbin in the bobbin case. Swap the bobbin anyway, just to make sure uh, the cost is minimal compared to the cost of thread breaks. And check out the case. Sometimes you can have a bobbin that is hanging, especially cardboard-sided bobbins. If your bobbin case is out of round or the bobbin itself is somehow either damaged or malformed, when it hangs, we can get tension issues and even occasionally breaks from that as well. All in all, the right call is to check over the thread path from the top to bottom and take excessive breaks as a hint to check the condition of all those places that come in contact with your thread. Check for proper tensions, give a thought to the last time you, uh, you replace these potentially offending needles, and realize that a little maintenance goes a long way towards efficiency. So uh, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the sauce. <laughs>
<laughs> all right. So next week we have Abby Clark coming in for Terrence Breaks Bass, and uh, she'll join us to talk about what she hears from her customers. So once again, a kind of ear to the ground show next Friday, which, wow, I love that. We're really getting kind of the reports from the field and there's really nothing more important, I think. Exactly. I love that. So until then, I'm Terry Combs. He's Eric Campbell sitting in for Aaron Montgomery. And that was the two other guys. Here we go. We're out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to Two Regular Guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com. You can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tworegularguys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash tworegularguys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, tworegularguys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.